Hello and welcome. This is Pastor Terry, and I'd like to welcome you to my Bible study podcast. This daily podcast is a place where we take the teachings of Scripture seriously, but ourselves, not so much. Join us as we dive into the sacred words of the Bible. Each time we read, we pray, we change the world. Welcome to Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to today's podcast. It is Thursday, April 28th, 2022, and uh, we are, this is the end of our week together uh, on Thursdays, so this is the the finale of the week for us, and um, we are in the second week of Easter, going through the Christian calendar with readings and prayer each day, and so uh, this is now uh, the second week after Easter. Easter week is considered the first week, so Easter, um, it's kind of confusing, right? A little bit. You think the week after Easter is actually the, yeah, whatever. So we're in the second week after second week of e- Easter, and uh, we've been reading in Daniel. Um, we're we're going to be in Daniel chapter 2 today, and then in First John chapter 2, and in Luke, Going to be jumping over to the Gospel of Luke today, chapter three. So Daniel two, First John two, Luke three. Um, and by the way, if you want to continue the readings throughout the weekend, Friday and Saturday, uh, so that we're still together and you're kind of con- with the readings on Monday, uh, just read chapter three. Go ahead through, through the book of Daniel. Go ahead and read chapter three through the book of Daniel. Uh, portion, like, uh, yeah, chapter 3 in First John and uh, the rest of chapter 3 in Luke, and you'll be, uh, you'll be good. You'll be ready to jump in on Monday uh, with the readings. Yeah. But today, Daniel chapter 2, uh, you'll remember that we left off with Daniel where he was about to, is in the presence of Nebuchadnezzar, and he was about to give the dream. That's kind of where it starts today. Welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on. You know what we do? We read, we pray, we change the world. So let's uh, let's read. Uh, there's no uh, preconceived or pre-planned uh, agenda here. Just read the words, see what kind of stands out, talk about it, um, and let, let the Lord speak to us through it. All right, so Daniel chapter 2, beginning at verse 31, we'll read 31 through 49, so the end of the chapter, the, the remaining part of chapter 2. Your majesty looked, and there before you, so Daniel was giving the dream. Your majesty looked, and there before you stood a large statue, an enormous, dazzling statue, awesome in appearance. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs, blubber, no, I thought, <laughs> just kidding, just any of you listening, uh, its belly and thighs were made of bronze, guys. Its legs of iron and its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. So the idea, well, he'll give us an interpretation. So um, then the iron, the, the clay, and the bronze, and the silver, and the gold were all broken to pieces and became like 
chaff on the threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them all away without leaving a trace. But the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. So the idea is that these are these are Daniel's son Nebuchadnezzar. This is what this is the this is your uh, this is the dream that you had. Remember that was the challenge. It was Daniel was actually given not just giving the interpretation of a dream that Nebuchadnezzar told him, but he is telling Nebuchadnezzar what the dream was to begin with. This was a new. This was a, a significant challenge. But so here he is. He's telling uh, Nebuchadnezzar what he had dreamed. He says you dreamed you dreamed about a big, large statue. Um, the the head of gold, the arms and chest of silver, the belly and thighs of bronze, the legs were iron, and the feet were a mixture of clay and iron. A stone came and hit the weakest part of the statue, which was this iron-clay mixture, and the whole thing collapsed. Verse 36, um, this was the dream, and now we will interpret it to the king. Your majesty, you are the king of kings small k, of kings. The God of heaven has given you dominion and power and might and glory. In your hands he has placed all mankind and beasts of the field and the birds of the sky. Wherever they live, he has made you ruler over them all. You are the head of gold. All right, so the statue or kingdoms, uh, Nebuchadnezzar, you and the Babylonian Empire, you're the head, the gold. After you, another kingdom will arise inferior to yours. That would be the uh, the arms of chest, the arms and chest of silver. Next, the third kingdom, one of bronze, will rule over the whole earth. And finally, there will be a fourth kingdom, strong as iron, for iron breaks and smashes everything. As iron breaks things to pieces, so it will crush and break all others. Just as you saw that the feet. Uh, and toes were partly of baked clay and partly of iron, so this will be a divided kingdom that will have some of the strength of iron in it, even as you saw iron mixed with clay. As the toes were partly iron and partly clay, so this kingdom will part be partly strong but partly brittle. And just as you saw the iron mixed with the baked clay, so people will be a mixture and will not remain united any more than iron mixes with clay. So you got these kingdoms, subsequent kingdoms, uh, each one a little weaker than the pre previous one until this final kingdom is, uh, is, is strong, but also uh, has a, an Achilles heel, as it were. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom. This is, many believe this is a prophetic uh, uh, prophecy of Jesus during the Roman kingdom, Roman Empire. In those, the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will, be, nor will it be left to another people. So that rock that destroyed the other kingdoms, that supplanted all the other kingdoms, is a kingdom that will never go away. In the time of those kings, the God of heaven will set up a kingdom that will never be destroyed, nor will it be left to another people. It will crush all those kingdoms and will bring them to an end, but it will... It will itself endure forever. Praise God, the kingdom of God endures forever. This is the meaning of the version of the rock cut out of the mountain, not by human hands, it's from God, a rock that broke the iron, the bronze, the clay, the silver, and the gold to pieces. Hmm. 
the great God has shown the king what will take place in the future. The dream is true, and its interpretation is trustworthy. All right. Then King Nebuchadnezzar fell prostrate before Daniel and paid him honor and ordered that an offering and incense be presented to him. So Nebuchadnezzar is, uh, is in awe of Daniel's ability to know this dream and to interpret it. So he falls prostrate, not, po- uh, not prostate, prostrate, angels prostrate fall, not the other. Um, verse 47, the, the king said to Daniel, surely your God is the God of gods and the Lord of Lord and the, and the Lord of Kings and a revealer of mysteries for you were able to reveal this mystery. Wow. God gets the glory, right? Daniel, uh, Nebuchadnezzar is, 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 um, is keenly aware that the, that Daniel's God is God because there's no way he would have known this outside of uh, divine revelation. It reminds me a little bit of, uh, kind of reminds me of like the, the, the apostles, right? When they were uh, making him an incredible impact for the name of Jesus and people who looked on in the book of Acts were like, who are these uh, ordinary and unlearned people? They could tell that they had been with Jesus. They were ordinary and unlearned, but they, were, they could tell something different about them. They had been with Jesus. Man, that may may that be of uh, true of us, right? That you know we're, we're ordinary, nothing special in that regard. But people can tell. May it be that people can will te- be able to tell that we had been with Jesus. And for that matter, in morning prayer, right? Like we go out during our day, like the people sense oh, you, you. You seem grounded. You be, seem centered, and and you seem you seem calm. You seem have to have peace, perspective. What is it? Pastor Terry's Bible study podcast. <laughs> time with the people of God praying. That's why. Spending time in the Word of God. Man, that's what it is. That's what it's about. People can tell we've been with Jesus today. I mean, what's the point, right? And what's the point if they can't? Come on. What's the point? I mean, other than just personal fulfillment, what's the purpose, the greater purpose, if people outside, if people in our families, people closest to us, people are people we work with, people in the community, um, if they can't tell any difference, if they can't tell that we've been with Jesus, what's the point? Yeah, we need that to be the truth. So um, Nebuchadnezzar, is, uh, he's, he's convinced that you know, he's worshiping God. Verse 48, then the king placed Daniel in a high position and lavished many gifts on him. He made him ruler. Remember, this is what he promised from the beginning. When he first made that promise to the, or that challenge to the original magicians and enchanters earlier uh, in the book of Daniel, he's like, if you tell me what you, uh, if you can tell me the, the dream and interpret it, there'll be, there'll be lavish gifts waiting on you. If you don't and you can't, you're dead. I'm going to cut you to pieces. Well, Daniel got it right. And so he got what Nebuchadnezzar promised, lavish gifts. And he made him ruler over the entire province of Babylon, of Babylon and placed him in charge of all its wise men. He was the chief of wise men. 
Moreover, at Daniel's request, the king appointed Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego administrators over the providence of Babylon, while Daniel himself remained in the royal court. Man, it's good to be a friend of Daniel. Not only, <coughs> excuse me, not only did Daniel get elevated but, and promoted, but he, he brought some friends with him. It's good to know that. Yeah, he got, he got elevated too. His friends got elevated. You know, rising water, you know, lifts all the ships, lifts all ships. They all start rising. Daniel rises, he brings people with him. Awesome. Yeah. All right, let's jump over to, that was cool. There's a lot more in Daniel we're going to get to. That's kind of the first big open door. Um, where are we? First John. First John chapter 2. Welcome, everybody. So glad you guys are on today on this Thursday edition of the podcast. We're in um, second week of Easter. We're reading through uh, Daniel and First John, and today we're jumping over to Luke. So we're right uh, now in First John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2, verses 28, nope, false, chapter 2, verse 18 through 29, 18 through 29, um, so 18 through the end of the chapter. Let's do it. Welcome, everybody. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, Kelly. Good morning, Paula, everybody. Um, here we go. Dear children, <clears throat> this is the last hour, and as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming. Even now, many Antichrists have come. This is how we know it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they did not really belong to us. For if they had belonged to us, they would have remained with us. But their going showed that none of them belonged to us. Okay, so here's what's going on, just context. <clears throat> uh, the letter of 1 John was written to the church, and there had been some who left the fellowship of believers and, uh, and you know, uh, kind of backslid and no longer uh, served Jesus. And so John is kind of giving some encouragement. He's saying, look, some people have left. Some people have turned away from the faith. Don't let that discourage you. Don't, be, don't let that, that, don't, that, that surprise you. We live, we live in a difficult time. We live in the last hour. We live in turbulent times. There are going to be people who fall away, which is a great word for us, man. Like, I mean, there's always someone, you know, that, that deconstructs their faith. That's the popular word these days, deconstructing your faith. And they be, people become very evangelistic about deconstructing their faith. It's interesting. People who deconstruct their faith, you, you know, especially some of the celebrity types, uh, they deconstruct their faith very publicly, you know, with the, with, the, with the goal of helping others also deconstruct their faith. Interestingly, that they, you know, those who don't want to be evangelistic about the cause of Jesus become very evangelistic about the cause of deconstructing other people's faith. <laughs> but, um, but, you know, the thing about when people deconstruct their faith is like, okay, you're deconstructing your faith. Okay, so at what point, okay, so at one point you believed that Jesus rose from the dead, but now you no longer believe that. What caused you to change your mind on that? Because that's essentially what Christianity means. So, A, you either never really reckoned with the resurrection of Jesus, uh, or B, uh, you really didn't deconstruct your faith. You never really had one. Was there, it's like, what was the critical piece of evidence that caused you to uh, come to the conclusion that Jesus did not raise, that Jesus did not rise from the dead? I mean, that's essentially Christianity. To believe, you know, 
to 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 confess with your heart and believe in to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that that God raised Jesus from the dead. I mean, all the rest of it is a is a consequence of that. You know, we talk about that all the time, right? Like, don't get hung up on the teachings of Jesus if you don't believe he rose from the dead, right? Like, I don't get hung up on the teachings of uh, some author. I don't if I don't because they're just an author. They're just their opinion or perspective. So, um, but if Jesus did raise, if Jesus was resurrected from the dead, then you might want to take his teaching seriously. It really doesn't matter what you think. You know, your opinion is cute, but it doesn't really matter. It's what he said that matters. So you got to reckon with the resurrection. So, uh, yeah, so, you know, here, you know, there's people who've kind of turned away from Jesus, just like people do today, and John's trying to encourage them. He's like, you know what? In a sense, they never belong to us. You got to let them go. Let them go. Let them go. You know. Uh, verse 20. But you have an anointing. You do. You do. You, brothers and sisters, you have an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. An anointing. You have a special giftedness. You have a, you're, you're, you're a, you have a, uh, this isn't really a real word, but for the sake of the conversation, you have a set apartness, an anointing from the Holy One. And all of you know the truth. I do not write to you because you do not know the truth but because you do know it, and because no lie comes from the truth. Who is the liar? This is the liar. It is whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ. Such a person is the Antichrist. So John's saying here, there's plenty of Antichrist. You know, we talked about that during the Revelation series. It's like, Terry, do you believe that there's going to be an Antichrist? Uh, yes, I do, because there's been a bunch of them already, and they're going to be more. I'm not waiting for one singular antichrist at the end of time that's like, uh, you know, the only one. No, there's been many antichrists. Well, do you think there'll be a final antichrist? Yeah, because that's how lists work. <laughs> if there's a list, there was a first one, and there'll be a last one. There'll be many. Are there antichrists out in the world today? Yeah, yeah. Why? Who? Because whoever denies that Jesus is the Christ, whoever lives their life um, without an awareness that Jesus is the Messiah, that Jesus is uh, sent from God, is anti-Christ, is anti-Messiah. And they're denying the Father and the Son. That's anti-Christ. Um. You know, that's it's kind of that whole mark of the beast thing, you know, waiting for the number 666, waiting for the mark of the beast on your forehead and on your right hand. Look, if you're if you're waiting around for it to get it that for somebody else to write a tattoo on your forehead and on your hand, you're missing the point. The truth is, here's here's the, here's the truth, guys. You already got a mark. There's only two marks. This is the point of revelation. Now, this is a kind of a revelation blurb here, but. This kind of goes with this Antichrist thing. 
You, there's, there's only two marks. You've got one of them. Every one of us. We, we've either got the mark of Christ or we've got the mark of the beast. There's only two. It's not like you don't have one. You already got one. You either are with Jesus or you're anti-Jesus. You're either with what God has done in Christ or you're not. You've either got the mark of Jesus or you've got the mark of the beast. That's it. I mean, to think that it's it's kind of, you know, the stuff with the rev, with Revelation is kind of, it's just silly, some of it. It's like, I love Jesus with all my heart, and, you know, so I just got to make sure I don't get that tattoo on my forehead and on my hand. What? What? Or I can live like hell, <laughs> but as long as I don't get the mark on my hand and on my forehead, I'm good. What? What? What do you even, where did that come from? Where is that anywhere in the Word of God? What, what makes you think that is even, uh, have any basis in reality? That's not true. Our head is the seat of our thoughts and our, and our, our mind, our consideration, the way we see the world. Our hands are what we do. Our actions. And so having the mind of Christ, having Jesus on your, in your, on your head and in, on your hand is on your, in your words and your deeds, your thoughts and your actions. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, this is not about revelation, but, you know, the Antichrist stuff. Verse 24, as for you, see that what you have heard from the beginning remains in you. If it does, you will also remain in the Son and in the Father. And this is what he promised us, eternal life. Man, thank God, thanks be to God, right? Yeah. He promises us eternal life. I am writing these things to you. I am writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. So the people who, people who deconstruct their faith really want everyone else to deconstruct their faith too. So it was not a new thing. John is, you know, people have left the faith. And now they're trying to pull everybody else with them. I'm writing these things to you about those who are trying to lead you astray. As for you, the anointing you received from him remains in you, and you do not need anyone to teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about all things, and, has, and as that anointing is real, not counterfeit, just as it has taught you, remain in him. So cling to that anointing. The anointing that God has given you, trust it. Trust what God has done in your life. Trust the anointing, the, the blessing, the, the encouragement, the teaching, the instruction, the revelation that God has given you. Trust that. It's real. It's not counterfeit. Remain in that is what John is saying. Verse 28. And now, dear friends, continue in him so that when he appears, and he going to appear again one day, we may be confident and unashamed. Before him at his coming. Wow. That's a good word. We were talking about this yesterday, some about um, uh, not, not morning prayer at the staff uh, with our staff a little bit, just a sidebar conversation about, you know, what's the, what, what is the feeling going to be like? What's the reaction going to be back like when we see Jesus for the first time? Um, it's interesting that John says, give us some guidance here, that when he appears, may we be confident and unashamed before his coming. When Jesus appears, I think there's just going to be this sense of overwhelming gratitude. 
for the saved, obviously, if you don't know Jesus, there's going to be a, a feeling of dread. But for those who love Jesus, it's going to be gratitude. It's going to be a sense of awe and wonder. It's going to be uh, just a overcoming sensation, I think, of amazement and um, a sense of his holiness, a sense of his glory, a sense of his power, majesty, all rolled up into one. So when we, when, as we approach that day when that will happen, and it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sober reality to think that's going to happen, guys. Every one of us will one day experience that. We will one day stand in the presence of a holy God. Wow. May, when that day comes, we be able to do so confident and unashamed. Wow. Yeah. All right, let's, do, let's read Luke chapter 3. Welcome, everybody. We're wrapping up our last reading here. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Get to the right page here. Luke chapter 3, because that's always weird when you go to the wrong book and you just start reading, and you get like five verses in, you're like, that don't sound right. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right, because I was in Matthew and not Luke. Okay, so I'm in Luke. I see it right there. Luke chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. All right. Here we go. In the 15th year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, when Pontius Pilate was governor of Judea, Herod, tetriarch of Galilee, his brother Philip, tetriarch of Etheria and Trachonitis and Lysania, I'm just making stuff up here, of Abilene. Now, hold on. This parallels with Daniel's reading about the, uh, the, the kingdoms. Remember that in that the kingdom that was weakened, and that one the kingdom in in which time period this rock would come and destroy the would, would supplant all the other kingdoms was a time when there was a divided kingdom when there were many kings. And here in chapter three, we see that in Rome, at the time of Jesus's ministry, there are several people who are reigning in regions in Rome, right? So there are many kings, right? You've got Pontius Pilate, you've got Herod, you've got uh, Philip, you've got Lysanias, um, and so these are some of the ones that are reigning in this uh, kingdom of Rome. So it, Jesus is a fulfillment of that prophecy. He's the rock that came from God that created an everlasting kingdom. He went to all the country around Jordan preaching and baptizing, uh, uh, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet. A voice calling in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads shall become straight, the rough ways smooth, and all people will see God's salvation. Awesome. John said to the crowds coming out to be baptized by him, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? Produce fruit and keep with repentance. For I tell you that out of these stones, God can raise up children of Abraham. The axe is already at the root of the tree, and every tree that does not produce fruit, good fruit, will be cut down and thrown into the fire. What should we do then? The crowd asked. Anyone who has, John said, anyone who has two shirts should share the one who, with, who has none, and anyone who has food should do the same. Even tax collectors came to be baptized. Teacher, they asked, what should we do? 
Don't collect any more than you're required to. John's like, he's like, get ready for what God is doing, right? That's the point here. It's like, get ready for the activity of God. This is like a, a, a crucible moment. This is when the rock that is sent from God is building a kingdom. So, you know, get your stuff in order. Get focused. Dial in. Verse 14. Then some soldiers asked him, and there's a whole slew of different people here, right? I mean, you got, you got tax collectors. You got soldiers. You got, you know, people, just everybody. What's going on? He replied, don't extort money and don't accuse people falsely. Be content with your pay. That's a word for somebody today. <laughs> That's a word for somebody today right there. Be content with your pay. But the inflation, have you seen inflation, Pastor Terry? Have you seen what inflation is doing to my, to my wages? I know it. I know it. I'm in the same boat. But we got to be content. We got to be content. That's where we're supposed to stop. That's an interesting place to stop the reading. <laughs> Isn't that an interesting place to stop the reading? Be content with your pay. <laughs> Get your stuff in order. You know, don't extort. Share with other people. You know, prepare for the coming wrath. And uh, be content with your pay. <laughs> stop striving. Uh, I'm going to read verse 15 just because I need to. The people were waiting expectantly and were all wondering in their hearts if John might possibly be Messiah. And John answered them all, I baptize you with water, but the one who is more powerful than I will come, with straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand to clear the threshing floor and to gather wheat into his barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire, and with many words John ex ex exhorted the people and proclaim the good news to them. Wow. John prepared the way in the wilderness. Repent and believe the good news. Stop what you're doing. Nothing is more important than getting your life focused on what God is doing right now. Wow, that's awesome. That's true. That's true every day. Nothing is more important than the activity of God. Asking, asking ourselves, what is God, what are you doing? I've got a lot of things on my agenda, but nothing today is more important than what you're up to. And I, I want to be, be aware of that. I want to be involved in that. I want to be a partaker in that. Yeah. And, uh, and the Lord, I'm going to be content with my wages. <laughs> be content with my wages. Uh. Thank you for joining us today on Pastor Terry's Bible Study Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. If this episode has been an encouragement to you, please help us by spreading the word about the podcast. You can do that by giving us a thumbs up subscribing, and sharing it with your friends. You can also find me, Pastor Terry, as well as Bayside Church in Safety Harbor, Florida, on all social media platforms. The church you will find at Bayside Church SH. Again, thank you for being with us today and for sharing this podcast with your friends. Until next time, remember, God's word is true. Everything else is merely commentary. God bless you. We'll see you next time.